Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Good to be back with all of our listeners once again today. How blessed we are to be together. And it is a tremendous blessing. It's not this way everywhere in the world. To be able to come on the radio and use the vast reaches of radio airwaves to reach out with the gospel message of Jesus Christ would be illegal in many parts of the world. We could not do this openly. But here in this country, we still have the freedom to be able to teach the gospel without fear of reprisal, without fear of anybody stepping in and from a legal perspective saying, you can't do that, you can't teach that, you've got to stop this, shut it down. No, we can still proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greatest message in the world, the greatest hope that's given to mankind, and it is a hope and a message that is offered to all. All of us have the opportunity to turn to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation. As we come to him in repentance, repenting of our sins, as Jesus said we must do, in Luke chapter 13 and verse 3, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. As Peter and John told the crowd gathered after the lame man had been healed in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Then confessing our faith in Christ openly, as Jesus again said in Matthew chapter uh, 13, and he, he said that we must confess him before men. Whoever confesses me before men, him shall I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. And whoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So we need to recognize our responsibilities along those lines. And then we also understand from our Lord that he says that we must come to him in baptism for the remission of our sins. He told the, God, he told the apostles on the day that he ascended back to heaven, after his death on the cross, burial in the tomb, and resurrection from the grave, as he was ready to go back to God in heaven. He told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. What a great message. And it is a message that is still there for us today and just as powerful and as effective as it always has been. Now, Jesus said there's more, though, than just becoming a Christian. When we read in the second chapter of the Revelation in verse 10, Jesus said, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. And so he expects us to live that life of faithfulness before him. But let me ask you this. What better life is there to live than faithfulness to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Faithfulness to God, our Heavenly Father. There is no other lifestyle, there is no other life that would compare to that for its wonderful blessings, its ultimate promise fulfilled, its hope while we live still in this world, in this physical body. It is the greatest message that is available and has ever been communicated to mankind. And it is a message for you, my friend, 
and for me. God offers you hope. However hopeless you have thought that your life situation might be, God offers you great hope, the greatest hope. He sent his son to bring that message for you. At the end of the program today, we're going to give you information by which you can contact us. Write that down. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And you can ask for the free Bible study that will teach you about this hope that God sent his son to bring you. This message of forgiveness, of salvation, of being able to start over. The study is free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. And in just a little while, we'll give you that information. We're going to conclude this particular study that we've been going through for the last couple of weeks. Everything changed one day. That's what we've titled it. We're talking about the day that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Up until that day, up until that moment on that day, oh, they believed in God. Now, they still believed in God afterwards, but they not only believed in God, but the indication seems to be that they had a close personal relationship with God. They enjoyed a sinless life. The last verse of Genesis chapter 2 says that they were naked, yet not ashamed, because you see, they were innocent. But then the devil appears in the scene, and he begins to tempt Eve, and then later Adam through Eve. God had told them back in chapter 2 in verse 17 to not eat of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He warned them that if On the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Now, they would die spiritually, immediately, but physical death would begin as a result of their sin. Everything was going well until the the devil lured Eve in, telling her first a lie. He said, you will not surely die. And then he gave her a half-truth. You will become like God, knowing good and evil. Well, she would not be a God, but she would know good and evil because she would have entered into evil. She became a sinner. She disobeyed God, ate of the forbidden fruit, and everything changed at that moment on that day. She tempted her husband, Adam, to eat of the same fruit, and he did, and he also became a sinner. And again, at that moment, on that day, everything changed. We studied through these changes in a rather thorough fashion. You might be able to think of some other changes that happened. But sin was now in the world. It had not been before. Now suddenly Adam and Eve were sinners, where they had been innocent previous. And now they faced all of the consequences of sin. Their sin necessitated the sacrifice of God's Savior, or rather of God's Son as their Savior. 
God had to send his son into this world to die on that cross because of man's sin. Their sin separated them from God, Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Sorrow, pain, all of the distresses that result from sinfulness in this world, suddenly they became a reality for Adam and Eve and all of mankind. Man would have to work hard for a living in the sweat of his face, the text tells us, and his work would prove to be less than completely effective and efficient because, you see, the ground had changed as well. And so as he would plant his crops and work his fields, thorns and thistles would spring up. Where previous, I think we're led to believe, the crops would have been abundant. Death entered, physical death entered the reality of not only mankind, but the world. Murder took place. Adam's and Eve's own son, Cain, slew his brother, Abel. Murder. And then, as things went on, we saw in Genesis chapter 6 that mankind in general became so wicked that God determined that he would wipe them off the face of the earth. And but for Noah and his family, he did exactly that. The description of mankind was that the thoughts and intents of their heart were only evil continually. Imagine that. Continual thoughts of evil. And that was the reality of mankind. I'm sure Adam and Eve saw tremendous changes as the years went by and they lived for a lot of years. And how many times must they have thought, what have we done? What have we done? We brought this into this world, all of this sin, and all of the consequences that result from sin. The devil is our enemy. We talked about that in our last program, 1 Peter chapter 6, or rather chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. He's our adversary, and he's walking around about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's out for our destruction, eternal destruction. But now what we want to focus on in this last part of this study is the second chance that God has given us. He sent his son. Now, we talked about this to some degree and to some length in our last program, but we really want to focus upon that here in this concluding lesson in this series. God sent his son to bring us an opportunity for a do-over, to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be saved, to have eternal life. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, before they sinned, the tree of life was there, and they had access to that tree of life, and as long as they continued to eat the fruit of that tree, they would have lived forever. But when they sinned, God removed them from the garden and access to the tree. But God has given us the opportunity to have access once again to the tree of life in heaven itself and live forever with him in that wonderful, glorious city. You have that opportunity, my friend. 
In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus extended what we call the great invitation. He said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But you see, we've got to come unto him. And then he goes on in that text, and he says, Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come to me, he says. Well, of course, he's the Savior. And he brought the message of the gospel of salvation to us. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, since the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23, and Paul said in Romans 3 and verse 23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, then all of us who are capable of understanding the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, sin and righteousness, we're sinners without Christ. But not only are the wages of sin death in Romans 6 and verse 23, but the rest of the verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's the message of the gospel. We can come to God through Christ in order to be forgiven and saved and have eternal life. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, so there no, is no other Savior. In fact, Peter emphasized that in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And he's talking about the name of Christ. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is our only Savior. That gospel message, my, how blessed we are that God loves us so much that he sent his Son to bring that message of salvation through which we can be forgiven and saved. And Jesus brought that. How blessed we are that Jesus loves us so much that he was willing to leave heaven and come to this earth with that gospel and go to the cross to fulfill it and be that perfect one-time-for-all-time Savior. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now after Jesus died on that cross, after he was put in the tomb, after he arose from the dead on the third day, after he presented himself alive, risen for 40 days, appearing to multitudes of people, and as he was ready to ascend or go back to heaven, he told the apostles, and of course through them, us, as his followers today, to go and preach that gospel everywhere. He did not bring that message just for that one period of time when he was on this earth. He brought that message for the rest of time that this earth would stand and humanity would exist upon it. 
So he told them in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Luke recorded the Great Commission in Luke chapter 24 and verse 47, where Jesus said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Again, the same day, the day he was ready to go back to heaven. Ten days later, Acts chapter 2 tells us that there were Jewish men gathered there from all nations under heaven, the known world. And the apostles were baptized with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in the languages of all of those men from all of those different places around the world miraculously speaking in their very languages, and they were teaching the gospel of Christ. Now Peter's words are highlighted in Acts chapter 2, and when he had preached for some time, telling those Jewish men present that they had rejected their Savior, that they had crucified him, in verse 36 he says, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now many of those who were listening to his words were cut to the heart in a good positive way. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? How should we respond to this teaching? What does God expect of us? And Peter said in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2, repent Oh, you rejected your Savior. You've got to embrace him. You didn't believe in him. You've got to believe in him and accept him as your Savior and God's Son. You walked away from him. You've got to come to him. You would not obey him. You must obey him. So he said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit fulfilling exactly what Jesus said must be taught back in Luke chapter 24 and verse 47, repentance and remission of sins to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. They were in Jerusalem 10 days later, and there were men gathered there, Jewish men from all nations. Exact fulfillment. The scriptures are like that, you know. The Bible it's its own best commentary. And the Bible over and over and over fulfills itself in meticulous detail. In Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 11, Paul said, Likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Now back in verse 3, he said, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? So when we're baptized into Christ, that's when our sins are washed away by the blood that he shed on the cross. And again, that's going back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Luke chapter 24, verse 47. And so he says in verse 11 of Romans chapter 6, you're dead indeed to sin, but alive in God 
or to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he goes on in verse 12 of Romans chapter 6. Paul writes, Therefore do not let sin reign in your body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Do not present your members or your bodies or your lives as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. Dead in sin, but alive as we have come to Christ and were baptized and forgiven through his blood, cleansed us of the guilt of our sins as we were baptized into him. Oh my, present your cells to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Ah, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6 and verse 23. Now this text in Romans chapter 6 and verses 11 through 13 is parallel to what Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. You see, just becoming a Christian is the beginning point. It's coming out of the starting blocks, so to speak. It begins a new life in Christ. And so Jesus said, be faithful. Faithfulness means not just believing, but living the life of faithfulness, which includes obedience. And so he says, be faithful until death. In other words, for the rest of your life in this world, and I will give you the crown of life. That's what he was talking about when he extended the great invitation in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 when he said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Don't you want that rest? Don't you want rest from all that this life puts you through? All the rigors that you have to deal with here? The pain, the sickness, the sorrow, the dying? Jesus offers you deliverance from all of that through his gospel. If you will embrace him as your savior in obedience to his gospel, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly, and surrendering to him as you are baptized into him, Romans 6 and verse 3, for the remission of your sins. The rest, that rest that he promises that deliverance will be yours. In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. Ask for that free Bible study. It will guide you. Ask for today's program and CD. Listen again. Look at the scripture references. We want to help you get to heaven.